What, what do you mean by that? Uh, you're 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 running uh, Shopify ads. You're running ads to from a uh, from Google to a website to buy, rather than to Amazon or one of these other uh, online platforms like Walmart. We try to drive all traffic to the end result. Yes, sir. Okay. So interesting. Hey everyone, this is Norm Ferrar, aka The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. All right, you might notice something a little bit different today. This is a pre-record. I don't know where I am, but we couldn't go live, so we have a pre-record today. So today we're going to be discussing the definitive guide to Google Ads in 2023. We're going to be talking about some of the misconceptions. We're going to be talking about before using Google Ads, what do brands need to ace and who should not be using or who should and should not be using Google Ads. All right. Welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. As I said, we got a great show today. We're going to be talking about the definitive guide to Google Ads in 2023. We know as Amazon sellers that we have something called the brand referral program. So it's the perfect time to use Google ads, get that 10% back or 10% credit back from Amazon. We're going to show you how to do that today. Our guest is the founder and CEO of Solutions 8, one of the world's top uh, Google advertising agencies. He's the recipient of the uh, Arizona Interactive Marketing Association and I hope I say this right, the 2017 Tim Award for Person of the Year. Uh, also, he was named one of the top 50 digital marketers and thought leaders in the United States by the University of Missouri in 2020. And I am talking about Qasem Aslam, and I can't wait to talk to him. I met him at a recent uh, event and he blew me away. So anyways, first, let's get a word from our sponsor and then we'll get over to Cosm. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training and ongoing professional development, Get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistance for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today. And now let's get back to the show. Let's bring in the mayor of Blunderville. Hey, hey, good to see you, Norm. And you. It's like we just saw each other just a, know, an hour crazy. ago. Isn't that weird? <laughs> All right. Well, welcome, everyone. Again, uh, if you can see up here, uh, it is a pre-recorded episode. Um, so Norm is probably traveling somewhere, um, but we thought we'd give you a, a live pre-recorded episode. So uh, we do have a Wheel of Kelsey, which we'll be sharing with you guys uh, in just a little bit about how you can enter and what it is. And uh, before we get into the interview, just make sure you smash those like buttons. Give us a thumbs up. Um, make sure you join our community as well. That's the Lunch with Norm, Amazon FBA and e-commerce collective Facebook group. Uh, links are going to be in the description. And uh, if you have any questions at all, just let us know throughout the podcast. And uh, I'll be here live watching and uh, moderating sure. everything. So sure. That should be it. Yeah. <laughs> Even slacking off more than normal. That's right. Kicking up That's your feet. feet. 
Yeah, exactly what you do. Okay, so uh, you can go now. That way. Okay. <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be so mean. Anyways, uh, Kelsey does a great job. Uh, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, uh, check out the TikTok uh, station or uh, platform that Kelsey's developed. He's experimenting with the zero to 100,000 follower challenge. He's doing a great job. Um, he, at the time of this recording, uh, he's in three weeks, got about 6,000 followers or something like that. I think that's a great job. Okay. So before we get started, if you do have any questions or comments, throw them into the comments section. Uh, Kelsey will be monitoring it. If we uh, have to uh, put these into the Facebook group, we will, and then we'll get them answered one way or the other. Okay. Sit back, relax, grab a cup of coffee, enjoy the episode, and welcome our guest. Norm, how are hey, you? Hey, good. How are you, Cosm? Good. Thanks for having me on the show. It's awesome to have you here. Uh, one of the things I, I always talk to people about is getting out to events. And uh, we got to meet each other at uh, one of the most recent events, the Driven event, and got to meet a lot of really good people over there. But this is where your network grows and it's everything's about the strength of your network. And uh, it was, it's really great to actually get you onto the podcast because you were such a, you know, outstanding um, speaker and just full of energy. So it was really cool that that energy kind of exuded over. And now uh, I just love working with positive people, put it that way. Yeah. I appreciate that. Norm. I'm glad you got to come. Uh, that was, I think one of the best mastermind meetings we've had so far. So it was cool that you uh, you got to see it. Appreciate you taking the time out. Oh, it was our pleasure. So, you know, I have to give a shout out to Rich Goldstein and Kevin and I, Howard, Howard Ty was there. So, yeah, there was tons of people there at, at Driven. So Perry Belcher and Jason Flyland, yourself, um, just a great group. If you ever get a chance to check out Driven, yeah, you want to you want to do that. This is our high level of marketers. And uh, anyways, we could talk a bit more about that towards the end of the podcast today. But today, we're, we're going to be talking about Google Ads. And I don't think, so we have a lot of Amazon sellers that listen to the podcast. Uh, we've got some Walmart sellers and we have a, a multi-channel. So we do have people in retail doing their own spiel with D2C. But uh, most, probably 90% are Amazon sellers completely overlooked most amazon sellers probably are not using google ads and so today uh you know it's great to be able to talk about this to try to get some fire under their butts because they get 10 percent back everything they sell on amazon if they're using google ads so uh anyways why don't we start off and maybe you want to start off something different but for me like what uh what do not what do who should and who shouldn't be using google ads right now well first of all i didn't know about that 10 percent off or 10 percent back policy that's pretty cool just so i'm, I'm curious amazon will pay you 10 percent yep. of the ad spend back no the product if you sell a product for a hundred dollars yeah they're giving you a 10 percent credit oh, so, so you're becoming your own affiliate kind of yeah okay that's interesting. Uh, yeah. So the, cool. 
the way that you have to do this is they have uh, something called an attribution link. And you can associate that with any form of social media, any form of external traffic. If it's coming from Google ads, they pick it up and you don't get cash, but you get a credit against uh, your account. Interesting. Uh, Part of the reason I I bet you I didn't know that is we don't run um, traffic to Amazon any longer. We made a soft attempt at it. I'd say it's been a year and a half since our very last try, Mm. maybe longer. Amazon doesn't allow us to properly track conversions is one of the really big issues. They rolled out a conversion tracking mechanism that ostensibly was supposed to allow us to see pierce the veil from a conversion perspective. It never worked. And so uh, when you're asking who should and who shouldn't, I'd say that if you have your own brand, your own e-commerce store, and you're selling alongside Amazon, you should absolutely run traffic because now you can pick off branded traffic, pick off product-specific traffic, try to move people away from Amazon into your site and your store. If you're selling into Amazon specifically solely, and that's just where you want to live, I won't tell you that you shouldn't run Google ads. I think you can. And I think for some people it works. What I will tell you is as an agency, I don't do it. I wouldn't take money to do it because I can't prove anything. It's you're just firing traffic off to something of a black box. And maybe Amazon's tracking and attribution has gotten better since I tried last. I I can, from an agency perspective, I almost don't care because it's never going to be a model that allows an agency to scale into Uh, And the reason for that is because Amazon's a closed ecosystem. So unlike me having a website and being able to see what page they visited, how long they stayed, what they did when they were on the page, remarket to them accordingly, and then build something of a customer profile, all I'm doing is throwing Amazon or throwing traffic into Amazon. And then I'm waiting to see if Amazon says, yes, they bought. No, they didn't. So even if Amazon's attribution tracking was good, and and I hate to keep beating this horse so dead norm, but... It's not at the moment, or at least as far as I know, but let's say it was, let's say it was perfect. The way that they built it is binary. Yes, it worked. No, it didn't. But I don't want or need, yes, it worked. No, it didn't. If it worked, I want to know how, in what capacity, to what Mm -hmm. degree, and then allow me to track that user further. So did they return? If they returned to what, you know, what's the lifetime value of the customer? What's the return rate? Um, These are all things that we can't see inside of Amazon. And, and there's no way or reason Amazon would want us to be able to see those things. Google's a closed ecosystem. Amazon's a closed ecosystem. Meta's a closed ecosystem. And what you're seeing is trillion-dollar organizations in something akin to statecraft wars, right? So there's a, a cold war of data where Amazon's not going to give Google anything more than it needs to because that's how Amazon controls its ecosystem, its users. And Google's doing the exact same thing. So for Amazon sellers, you can measure the efficacy of and not just Google, but all traffic campaigns using something called conversion lift. Super, super, super rudimentary. All that means is I sold, you know, $100,000 in July running no traffic. Then in August, I'm going to run traffic and see how much I sell in August and September. And you would anticipate there being a spike and then there being a drop off. And then you get to see basically what your conversion lag is. And now based off of that conversion lift, you can say, roughly speaking, if I sold $100,000 in July and then I sold, you know, I got a $20,000 pop in in August and September, I can see that I got a 20% pop um, for X in ad spend, whatever X would end up being. And is that worth it to me based off of my margins? Now, that's an inadequate comparison from a data perspective because it doesn't take into consideration things like cyclical markets, returning users, growth of the brand, et cetera. But that's the best you've got. So I'm not trying to be a negative Nancy. I'm a paid traffic guy telling you that you shouldn't run paid traffic if you if you don't have any access to the data unless you're comfortable with that. It's a balance of risks. 
So I hope that wasn't too petulant of an answer, Norm. Not at all. In fact, we try to, once the person gets on to Amazon, we just try to make online sellers better business people. And omni-channel is definitely the way to go for, the, for anybody who's on Amazon. You got to explore. So I, the next question is kind of down a different rabbit hole because you're D2C pretty much, correct? What, what do you mean by that? Uh, you're 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 running uh, Shopify ads. You're running ads to from a uh, from Google to a website to buy, rather than to Amazon or one of these other uh, online platforms like Walmart. We try to drive all traffic to the end result. Yes, sir. Okay. So interesting enough, you probably don't know this, but if you talk to most sellers. They don't have an e-commerce site. I didn't know that. And that not only surprises me, but I, I'd be really interesting. I'd be really interested in understanding the psychology behind that. Like, why wouldn't you want your own brand? Omnichannel. They're just been focusing. They, they, they're not experimenting with Omnichannel. So it's all in that uh, community, that Amazon community. And a lot of the times it's just nervous. They're nervous to expand out. We try to... Uh, tell people about being a brand. You can grow your brand on Amazon, but everybody on Amazon is going to be owned by Amazon. Uh, they're trying to do a few things that you can build your brand community, but get out there, experiment, build out that website. Um, we've got a we, we've got one brand that four percent four percent of the brand is sold on Amazon. And, and that's, that's a multiple, like multi-million dollar brand on Amazon, yet that's only 4%. And all the rest is done through the e-commerce platform that we're on, a Shopify platform that we're on, and through retail. So uh, interesting enough that I've seen so many brands expand out and really just grow, um, you know, two, three, four, 10 times using a D2C method rather than just driving traffic in Amazon. Like Amazon, you don't have to do anything. And I right. think that's why people like it is it's a captivated audience. You run your PPC, you get results. With the D2C model or the e-com model, you've got to find the traffic. And I think that's what scares people is they don't know how to find the traffic. If they go to you, okay, Mr. Agency, you know, uh, how much do I have to spend? Do I have to like thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars where I know I just have to run a very controlled amount over on Amazon to get to the captivated audience? Yeah. So I'll take off my agency hat for a moment. I, I do uh, both investing and advising in small businesses. Uh, I love the e-com space. Mm -hmm. um, I would never invest in a business that didn't have its own brand. Mm -hmm. Um and speaking from that perspective, what I would tell people is you don't even have to you don't have to concern yourself with paid traffic in order to invest in a brand. My experience anecdotally, and then I also think the industry industry experience generally is Amazon is a search engine. And so I go to Amazon to buy the thing that I'm interested in the very first time. So just to use the example that's most accessible to me, I love uh, nice mechanical pencils because I'm a nerd and I like to write and I just, I enjoy fidgeting and I like nice mechanical pencils. And so I bought my nice mechanical pencils on Amazon. However, if the company selling the mechanical pencils was smart, 
this is a consumable product. I'm going to run out of pencil lead and erasers. And honestly, my pencils are probably going to break consistently. And so when I receive this package from the, the, the company that I bought on Amazon, who, by the way, I have no connection to the brand whatsoever. I can't even tell who they are. I don't know what their logo looks like. I don't remember the brand name. I'm sure it was in the title somewhere. I wasn't paying attention. But when they send it to me, what I should see is the beginning of a relationship being built. Now it's thank you so much for buying from Norm's Pencils. Yep. Let me tell you a little bit about my grandpa who started the pencil business. Let me tell you why I, this is so important to me and the way I like to write, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, and incidentally, I have an offer for you, whatever my offer ends up being. And now I get to take you, you know, it goes from the, the, the Amazon to the, it's, a, it's an eco conversion. I'm changing the ecosystem within which you live. And there's actually a company that did this phenomenally well. And I wish I could remember their names. Um, it's, it's the company I bought this knife from. Okay. And so these guys, the minute I bought the knife, which is a phenomenal little knife, they had a, a, a great card. And the card said, hey, if you go online and you write us a review, we've got a free gift coming from you, uh, for you. And then the gift was uh, an extension sheath to the knife. And now I'm in their email list because that was the prerequisite to me writing the review. And they have all these other, I'm a weird prepper. So they have all these other like survivalist products. And I'm buying those products from their website under their brand, not from Amazon. So they're saving the 15 to 20% that they'd spend on Amazon. And yep. they have me to nurture on an ongoing basis in perpetuity. And if my uh, story was more integrous, I'd actually be able to remember their name, but it's escaping me <laughs> at the moment. Um, but that would be my recommendation to everybody, man. It sounds like you sing that same tune. I think people need to have the repository within which they own, because here's the other piece of it. And we've all seen this happen. Um, dude, America Online was the internet until it wasn't. Excite was the search engine until it wasn't. Lycos, Ask, like MySpace. Amazon is not uh, safe from being usurped, number one. Right. Let's say for a minute, let's say that they were though. I don't know if you remember this, but Yahoo had the, the, the foremost e-commerce world before Amazon. And now those Yahoo, those Yahoo stores, a Yahoo store used to be the only place to do e-commerce. Now they don't even exist. I don't, I don't think I could find a Yahoo store if I wanted to. Let's say that Amazon is cemented and will never go away and Jeff Bezos did a deal with the devil and there's no way Amazon's going anywhere. Even then, Amazon is taking over your products. So if I'm selling these mechanical pencils, everybody's seen the Amazon choice or the Amazon source product or the Amazon man manufactured product. And here's what's crazy, Norman. I've seen, I have 200 clients. I manage $100 million in ad spend. I've seen this over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. All of a sudden, Amazon titles look a lot like my titles. Descriptions look a lot like my descriptions. Images look a lot like my images. Amazon's using you to figure out what works so they can source and create their own products. And if you're not creating your own brand with which you can strengthen and buttress your position, I think you're in a tough spot. I hope I'm not saying anything offensive. No, nope, I don't not know at all. Okay. I don't want to overstep my bounds or piss off anybody in your community, but I have strong opinions on this. You know what? What's a community without, you know, uh, both sides, right? Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's interesting. You said that uh, you got the old prepper thing, right? You, do you know Battle Box? Do they send the monthly box with like nine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 They were just yeah. on. They We just had them on last week or the week before. So, so uh, we, yeah, it was it was kind of uh, interesting. Uh, I think but, somebody gifted me a Battle Box once. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. It came in a crate. It was pretty cool. So it, I, the other thing, too. So I see the knife. I see you give away axes. Ad driven yeah. uh, for members. Uh, there, there's a common theme here. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody should be prepared, Norm. That's, you know, why wouldn't you have an axe at hand? There we go. Why not? Yeah, you just never know when you're going to need. 
There you one, go. One now keep it away from uh, from any flash or anything. But uh... yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> well, we had some we had some issues. I know I shared that. Oh, story. that's funny. Oh, it's not funny. But anyways, uh, interesting that you're talking about the inserts too, because that's uber important for any Amazon seller, and a lot of the times we don't take advantage of it or we think we can't, but you, you have a QR code, a dynamic QR code. You can change it at any time you throw people over. So I sell soap. Well, I can give them a free soap gift. And it's gotta be something that to get that email, uh, something that maybe they can't get on Amazon, or maybe it's a soap dish or it's some sort of added value. We've got a chef that, or a, a knife company, that we work with, it's Damascus knives, so high-end chef knives. They ended up creating a meal plan, 52-week meal plan, and um, a cookbook from knives that they provided all over the world to these chefs, and they came up with these really incredible meals. Those are added value things that'll build up that list. I, those are your customers, and I can't imp like I can't uh, imp impress uh, the. Brain fart, old guy. But anyways, if you're not building up your list, you're leaving so much money on the table. The money's in the list. That's money the is in the list. Yeah. Yeah. And it, I don't think it needs to cost you anything. You know, the, I'll use the knife people as an example. I'll tell you one thing is an amateur knife aficionado. The hardest thing to learn is how to sharpen a knife. Imagine if you brought in the world's, who's the world authority in knife sharpening? It's a guy nobody knows. It's not like he's expensive. You know, even if he charges you $500 an hour, to make a branded tutorial specifically for your audience on how to sharpen a knife. Now it's, hey, Norm, thanks so much for buying the knife. Super appreciate you. Listen, I want to give you a free gift. Go here and sign up. I have a custom course from, mm. you know, Jeffrey Smith, who's seventh generation bespoke knife wielder. And he's going to teach you how to sharpen and care for your knife. Like who wouldn't sign up for that? And now I get this free course that's a thousand dollar value because you put it on your website for a thousand bucks, but I got it for free because I got the knife and you didn't have to deliver anything physical. You did it with a scalable e-product. So I think that analog to digital conversion is something people should start kind of paying more attention to as well. Everything you sell, and I'm going to be real bullish here. I'm going to try to think of something where this doesn't apply. Everything you sell can be accompanied with an info product. Mm. everything. If you're selling pencils, then you're doing calligraphy. If you're selling knives and you're doing sharpening, if you're selling cooking or you're doing recipes, if you're selling tea, you're doing the, the steeping. Like there's nothing that you can't say, Hey, I had this really cool thing. And with all these little micro influencers, you can get a name. You know, if you're selling tea and you want to show how this person uses tea in order to steep or for, for, you know, digestion or for whatever you go get Dr. Whoever, and they cost you no money. That's what's crazy. Somebody with 4 million Instagram followers that a tea lover would probably recognize is going to cost you a couple grand at most. You shoot a course. And now I got a, a free a free course when I bought your tea and I'm super indoctrinated all of a sudden. And this person is saying all the stuff that's going to help me sell more tea to you. Look at what, uh, look at what uh, Snow did. I don't know if you know Snow lip gloss or uh, teeth whitener. Mm -mm. They did one form of marketing. And that was uh, influencer marketing. Yep. And they went, they went right up. They got Conor McGregor. They got Cronk. Uh, they got uh, a bunch of different celebrities. They went, they, they went beyond micro. Um, they went to a celebrity status. But uh, during their growth, they started off with micro, nano, macro, went right up to the celebrity. And it took them a few years. They sold for 100 million bucks. Not bad. That's the only form of marketing they did.
Yeah, the inflow crazy. space is, I, I think, massively untapped. If you take, again, coming from a paid traffic guy, you know, I, I own a paid traffic agency and I don't believe that paid traffic is in the top five list of things that you should do to run traffic to your business. Are you serious? Swear to God. Yeah, oh. I talk about this all the time. I think paid traffic is the most scalable and the most predictable. So it should be it should be somewhere on your map, but especially for early stage brands. And people are like, oh, we need traffic. No, you don't. You need CRO. 99 times out of 100, people come to me and say, I need more traffic. And in my mind, I'm like, you're probably getting enough traffic. Your website isn't converting well enough. And paid traffic, by the way, is the worst way to learn that lesson. Because you can get traffic. Just this podcast, man. I'm going to get traffic from this podcast. I don't know how many listeners you have. Even if I'm sure it's uh, giving that you've done 500 episodes, you probably have a great audience. Let's say you didn't. Let's say this is your second episode and 10 people are going to listen. People underestimate the value of that. That's 10 souls, 10 lives, 10 families, 10 trusts, 10 bank accounts, 10 nodes in the network that can perpetuate this message, right? And even if one of them comes to my website, that's somebody mm -hmm. who could potentially buy from me. My lifetime value of a customer is $25,000 or $25,000 LTV. So that's potentially 25 grand. I have 10 shots at 25 grand. And that's if you only have 10 listeners, you probably have a tax relevant sum more. I and so a couple I, more. <laughs> Dude, that's when people need to go and they need to get traffic in ways that are yeah. organic, authentic, easier, accessible. And then they need to decide whether or not what they're selling is actually working. Do you like my offer? Do you like my product? Do you come back and buy more? If not, what are your complaints? What are the issues? What, what returns do I have? Because when you go learn those lessons through paid traffic, that's the most expensive way to learn it. The only time you should ever learn using paid traffic is when you have more money than time. Which happens, by the way, I have somebody come to me and say, hey, look, I just got $100 million from a VC company and I need to scale up and I only have until the end of the year to do this and I have a mandate. And I'm like, all right, let's go learn our lessons. We're gonna, I'm going to save you a ton of time, but I'm going to spend a bunch of money doing it. Mm. So, no, I don't think, I mean, my, my buy box right now when I buy businesses or when I start businesses is businesses that will have no reliance on paid traffic because paid traffic is the most expensive way to get users. But if you were to take, you know, people look at influencers and think, oh my goodness, influencers are so expensive. I think it's like $5 million to have Kim Kardashian uh, do one tweet or one Instagram post. I might have that number wrong, but it's probably close in the ballpark. And you think like, oh, I can't believe it would cost me $5 million to have Kim Kardashian do this. But if you really broke it down on a cost per impression basis, those, in, those influencers are going to drive at least as much as if you spent $5 million on display ads, right? And you're going to get in front of a prospect and you're going to do so at the middle of the funnel because they're already indoctrinated into Kim's whole world. And so that impression, quote unquote, or those collections of impressions are going to be potentially more impactful. So I think you should open up the, the, the whole breadth that is the available marketplace from a visibility perspective and really pay attention to what else is available to you. And I love the influencer model. Love, 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 love. Mm. Because it, 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 it snaps you into, I mean, dude, I'm a, I'm a, I am going to say this and everybody's going to hate me for it because I know he's <laughs> kind of incendiary, but I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. I love Joe Rogan. I enjoy listening to him. I trust him. I actually think he's got his heart in the right place. And so when Joe comes on and says, you know what, I use this product and I like this product. I'm way more likely to buy that damn thing than just seeing an ad by, I don't know what multiple 10 X maybe. Hmm. So anyway, that was a bit of a tangent too, but for whatever it's worth, I think influencers are worth pursuing. Yeah. Uh, Joe Martin, uh, it just took him a couple of years to develop a boxy charm. He used the, the Kardashians loved him yeah. and used his product 
and he sold it to Etsy last year, 500 million. Really? Crazy. Good for him. I know yeah. somebody whose name I can't say, but they gave equity to somebody whose name I can't say, or you know the product <laughs> that I'm talking about. And, and, and they did not give an insane amount of equity. It would still be considered a minority, minority shareholder, but they had access to a specific celebrity uh, through pretty reasonable routes that any one of us could take, especially if you're part of associations. Um, which by the way, everybody should be a part of. And I, I'm an owner of a mastermind, so I'm not pushing masterminds, but join something, join a mastermind, yeah. join an association. Norm, I know you have a community, join yeah. Norm's community. But when you're part of those communities, you have access to, you know, this was a, we'll call them a A minus level celebrity or a B plus level celebrity, gave that person equity. That was all it took, exploded the brand. And I don't know if they've made their exit yet, but I know they're going to. You're uh what you just said about being part of a community, so important, you know, that the mastermind you're talking about driven, but uh, just other forms of, you got to get in there. Entrepreneurship is a lonely place to be yep. and to become a good business person. Like for me, I was lucky uh, when I was in my twenties, I joined a, a YEO, which is now EO. Yeah. We still meet like 28 years into it. And it's just, if I have a problem, I can go to my form group and work out something. It's, it's, I, I can't tell you enough. You get into it. And if it costs you probably the better, you know, if, if it's, well, if, if you it's don't a, pay, you don't pay attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't it's, spend rent money. That's something I'm really bullish on too. Don't spend right. money you can't afford to spend, but spend an amount of money that makes you uncomfortable. If you don't go like, oh, like then you're probably not in the right room. You want to be the dumbest, poorest human in any group that you're in. And you usually have to pay to get in those groups. There are exceptions. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. Back to Google ads. So before using Google ads, what do brands need to have in place? If Just to use a super simple analogy, if Google is a hose that you can turn on in order to shower yourself with traffic. Your website is the bucket with which you're going to use to capture that traffic. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen people pour that traffic on a bowling ball or on nothing or on somebody in somebody else's bucket. And that's, you know, the great analogy just to continue with is if you're going to drive traffic, you're going to drive Google traffic to Amazon, you're pouring it into Amazon's bucket. And now Amazon has all this traffic and they're going to do whatever they want with it. And by mm -hmm. the way, when I am land on an Amazon listing, guess what Amazon gives me? Your competitors, the 20 <laughs> other products I might buy. So you're going to drive this traffic and then Amazon's going to go sell somebody else's shit. So you want to have your website and your website, your repository for traffic is the most important thing that you're going to build. And it's worth investing in. And if you're using Shopify or something like it, it's easy to build a good one because Shopify has made a hundred million templates and they're all amazing and they're all uh, optimized to a degree and finding out how to optimize them further is not hard. As a matter of fact, I bet Norm that you teach that or somebody in your community does, yep. but you want to make sure before you drive traffic that you have a website that's actually going to convert that traffic. Um, period, full stop. And right. you know, some of the basics are things like you want your site speed to be you want your site speed to at least not be a conversion limiter. Because if I'm on a slow site, and this is a ubiquitous truth, and the data killer. proves it. Oh, dude, people bounce immediately. Yeah. I don't have the patience for this. Yeah. So don't have a bunch of complex functionality. Don't have massive media. Don't have huge, you know, like simple is best, especially with mobile. So site speed is important. Mobile responsivity is important. 
Um, and then clarity. Clarity beats cute 1,001 times out of 1,000. Not to be hyperbolic or annoying, but everybody who thinks they're marketers, all marketers think that, it's interesting, Onyx Singhal has a great quote. He says, marketing is not a creative endeavor. Marketing is a data-driven endeavor with creative influences. You want to follow the data. And the data says a couple of things. The data says that the majority of, this is specific to Americans, which is kind of sad, but it's life and we have to contend with it. The majority of Americans read it below a seventh grade reading level. Which That's means right. what? Yeah. We need to dumb our content down. So all yeah. that complex triple PhD, $15 word horseshit that people are using. And if this is easy to do. Go to ChatGPT and say, hey, here's my product description. Write it below a seventh grade level. And then ChatGPT will do that for you. But clarity beats cute. Tell people exactly what it is. You need robust titles, robust descriptions. You need to let people know this is what you are buying. This is what's included. This is what's not included. A confused mind says no. So if your knife company shows me a sheath and I'm like, am I buying the knife or the sheath or do those two things come together? That processing power that you just cost me is catastrophically damaging. It needs to be like sheath included or knife included or knife shown just for illustration, those types of things. So being ultra, ultra clear, you also want to make sure that you use a ton of lifestyle images. This is where e-commerce business owners go horribly awry. Lifestyle images are what really impact the psyche from a subconscious perspective. So right. uh, with lifestyle images, the thing to keep in mind is that the product isn't the focus. And I know that sounds really weird. Um, people are going to People are going to integrate the product in their own ways. And, and you're going to see this if you walk through any shopping mall in the, in the country, in the world. Um, first of all, and this is going to get racist, sexist, ageist. But the highest performing image across every industry and every product category is a 30-year-old female Caucasian brunette who's attractive, smiling, and making eye contact. 30-year-old female, Caucasian brunette, attractive, smiling, making eye contact. For some reason, we have decided as a global society that this is the avatar that's the most attractive, least offensive, least, what would you say, threatening, um, most appealing. And that's true regardless of your race, gender, sex, orientation, religion, like everybody wants it or, 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 or responds to a 30-year-old female, Caucasian brunette who's attractive, smiling, making eye contact. Now, now that I've said that, do me a favor spot check me, go turn on the TV and watch any commercial. And what you're going to see is 80% of the time. And you're like, holy shit. <laughs> it's nonstop, dude. It's not, it's every single, and walk through the shopping mall. You're going to see a bunch of 30 year old female Caucasian brunette who's, who are attractive, smiling and making eye contact. And here's, what's crazy is the product is, is sometimes isn't even in the damn frame. You walk through a mall and this store sells purses. And here's my 30 year old female Caucasian brunette, attractive, smiling, making eye contact on the placard. Holding a purse that's cropped off, all I see is the shoulder strap. So I see her, and I, but I know she's got the purse, and that's neural associative conditioning. I'm being indoctrinated to, what, for whatever reason, this avatar that appeals to me is promoting this product. And, and especially if you're running display, outbound display, or any display advertising, remarketing, uh, any paid ads. You want to, and it doesn't always have to be that specific avatar. I'm just letting you know who appeals most as a ubiquitous truth. It's the lowest common denominator. But you want to put people in front of people. There's a dopamine receptor in your mind that fires every single time a human being makes eye contact with you. There's something about it that's primal. It's two trillion years of evolution that's been built into play. So if you're just going to show me the knife, maybe I'll buy a knife. But if you're going to show me my Uncle Dave using that knife, you've made a connection.
And that's why knowing your avatar is so, so, so important. It's the reason that like anytime anybody's baking a pie, it's your grandma. You see somebody baking a pie and it's like, because the only person that ever baked pies for anybody in the history of pies, Norm, is your grandma. And so when they have some old sweet little old lady handing, putting a pie out on the seal, you instantly, bam, dopamine receptor fired. I connect with that immediately, no matter who I am, young woman, old man, doesn't matter. And those are the pies that I'm going to buy. It's the Werther's original lady. Um, so, so putting yourself in a position to be able to portray your products from a lifestyle perspective with real humans and making sure that those humans are humans that are going to appeal to your avatar. That's so critically important. If e-commerce store owners did nothing but that, even if they don't have their own brand, even if it's just an Amazon spot, check me on that too. I don't care what you sell memory cards. Go ask yourself. And if you haven't done the analysis, you should, you're doing yourself a disservice, but go figure out who buys your memory cards. Is it business owners, students, um, you know, speakers, presenters, whatever, entrepreneurs, figure out who it is take a couple of shots, split test them and bet money using lifestyle of lifestyle images of people actually holding your memory cards increases your conversion rate by a tax relevant amount. And a photo shoot is no money. You know, it's three, 400 bucks for a photographer. You can get talent to work for free in large enough cities because they just need material for the portfolio, which is really mm -hmm. sad, but true. But for a couple of grand, you can get some badass images and that's going to show, I think one of the biggest improvements to, conversion rates uh it's the little hinge that swings the big door and then you can drive traffic and see how well they perform yeah that that's that's right uh and in fact if you take that 30 year old brunette that you're talking about the knife company that we work with we we use amazon posts so we post up this if you don't know what amazon posts is it's like their um, social media so it allows you to get away from that white background so oh, cool. we we had, we've tried everything. We've tried these polished shots, unpolished shots, uh, just from uh, influencers, people who have bought the product, tag us, we can take their images. And we're able to track the impressions. We can't track the sales, but we can track the impressions. So typically back, back in the day when we first started this, it was average of 20,000 impressions, not bad. Hmm. Nowadays, it would be a lot lower than that. But the one picture, that hit over 200,000 impressions was a, a brunette with a, a, a knife with some psychotic look, uh, <laughs> but exactly the, uh, what you just described and holding the knife in her hand, but just like direct eye contact, but a little psychotic and uh, 200, Dude, that's what 200, works thousand impressions and i'm talking about in about a month yep it's crazy yeah so you're you're bang on when you're talking about you know oh dude that's not my data that's somebody yeah. somebody did I, I forget who it was i think it was one of the big traditional agencies and they looked at they looked across all mediums too so this is across like um television newspaper billboards display social you know whatever 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 they just checked every single ad run for every single time over 50 years and they came back and, and said this is the this is the highest performing ad, which has been really awkward to share with clients because I've had clients who are like, well, you know, we want to have a more diverse brand and we want to be more inclusive. And I'm like, all right, I want to make money. So I'll, we'll see how long your ethics last with my split test. Because yeah. if and when my split test, and I don't care what it is, if that 30 year old Burnett becomes a, you know, 50 year old blonde, who gives a shit? Like that's, that's what's making me more money. 
Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm the evil capitalist and I'm soulless and I'm going to hell, but I, I just think that's the game we're all playing. So once you know what works, go do what works. Right. So what works is the bottom of the hour and we've gone way past that. But anyways, it's the bottom of the hour. And anybody who's tuning in for the first time, we have something called the wheel of Kelsey and that's a giveaway at the uh, top of the hour. Anyways, if you want to enter, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people, you get a second entry. Today, we've got a really great giveaway. Uh, we're going to be providing something as well. But Cosm, what, what do you have to give away today? Uh, I wrote a book. It's called You Versus Google. Uh, it was number one in marketing and advertising worldwide. Um, it's no joke. It's the definitive guide to everything you'll ever need to know about Google Ads. So if you're interested in running Google Ads, this is where to start. Uh, you could consider it my life's work at this point. Um, and so hopefully whoever wins it is uh, gets some value out of it. Fantastic. So, uh, and we're going to be giving away, I almost forgot, but we're going to be giving away anybody who's been listening bef uh, to us before. We have something called the Tariff Terminator. And what we do is we find HTS codes that help you save money. Um, just this week, uh, Afalabi, anybody who's listening knows Afalabi, but Afalabi uh, was able to save one of our clients around $13,000. Now, I'm, I'm telling you this because I want to be transparent when we do give this away. Um, and so that's going to be the tariff terminator. It's worth 500 bucks. And uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Can't miss out on the Lunch with Norm mug. So if you're interested, hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people. You'll get a second entry. So Kelsey, finger on the button. Let's go to a sponsor. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by SureGo Marketing. Ready to take your brand to the next level on TikTok and Instagram? SureGo Marketing specializes in helping entrepreneurs and coaches build profitable brands on TikTok and Instagram and in less than 90 days. With SureGo Marketing, you can build your brand, create incredible video content, and increase leads without spending a single dime on ad spend. Visit SureGoMarketing.com today and elevate your brand. Now, let's get back to the show. All right. Let's talk about some misconceptions. There's a lot of different misconceptions around Google Ads. You want to dig into it a bit? Huh. You know, it's funny, man. This is the only way that I sell. So people come to us and they're like, why should we use you? And why should we run Google? And I'm like, you shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know that, you know, like, I don't, I'm not here to talk you into it. Do you? Yeah. Um, which always takes everybody off guard. But the, the, the problem that we're running into now is there was a time when you could see what was happening. So you would spend money on traffic and tracking was easy. And I could see every video that somebody watched, every page that they went to, what they did on those pages, how long they stayed, when they came back for protracted periods of time. And I could see that across every every traffic channel. So, you know, all of Meta, all of Google, AdWorld, Taboola, Twitter, whatever. And then you you saw the privacy concerns come to light. And the first really big shift was, I think, uh, the European Union's GDPR, which which uh, inhibited trafficking from a legislative perspective. And even if you weren't in Europe, you felt the ripples of that. You know, companies started to pull back on the data that they shared. And then you had Facebook's iOS or 
Apple's iOS 14 that just right. destroyed Facebook. Um, California had a GDPR equivalent, the death of cookies, um, privacy first browsers, DuckDuckGo trying to usurp Google, failing, but still giving Google some note. So we put ourselves in a position where we actually can't see. Here's what's interesting about that. If you're running, let's say you're running two channels of traffic, you're running Google ads and you're running Facebook ads and you sell 10 products today. Google says, I sold eight of those. Facebook says, I sold eight of those. Uh, and they're both right. And they're both right because Google sold eight and Facebook sold eight, but there was crossover and you can't see where the crossover is because it takes as much as 500 impressions before somebody makes a conversion. Google did a really long form study on this across, I think, hundreds of thousands of impressions. But what they found is it takes anywhere between 20 to over 500 impressions, 20 for a candy bar, 500 for an airline ticket. So then the question you ask yourself is, well, is what I'm selling more complex than a candy bar? And is it less complex than an airline ticket or more? I sell Google ads. I think Google ads is more complex than an airline ticket. So does it take 1500 impressions? And if it takes 1500 impressions, what impressions are those? You know, is it podcasts, newspaper, television, radio, um, direct mail, bandit signs, door knockers, people just referencing it. You came to my event, um, paid ads, outbound, paid ads, inbound, social influencers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So this is called attribution. How do you attribute credit to a conversion? How do you attribute credit from a conversion to your advertising mechanisms? And you asked me about misnomers. People think that media managers know here's what's crazy norm you ready for this one some media managers think they know that we call them idiots so if if anybody ever sends you a report and says oh here's how your ads performed you have a 300 percent roas either they're lying through their teeth or far more likely they're too dumb to know they don't realize that the report that google gives you is full of shit here's why and I can prove it. I can prove it a thousand times. You give me a thousand clients that are running multiple ad channels, I'll prove it a thousand times. You give me a thousand clients that are running one, one ad channel, I'll prove it in that ad channel. If you're running Facebook ads and you're running Google ads, and this happened with a, a client recently. I mean, it's happened over and over and over again, but very, very, very recently, one of our clients was basically breaking even on Facebook. They were getting a 5X return on Google. And so we're running their Google. I don't know who's running their Facebook, but some smart guy decided to turn their Facebook off and not tell us. Well, all of a sudden, their Google performance starts dropping from 5x to 4, from 4x to 3, and it, it tapers around 2.5, which is their break-even. And they're like, what happened? And then we say, well, did you make any major changes? No, of course not. We would never do that. We didn't make any changes in Google. And we're like, well, did you make any other changes anywhere else? And like, well, we turned our Facebook off two months ago. And it's like, oh, well, now we know that the, the Facebook traffic that you're generating is your top of the funnel traffic. That's your awareness traffic. That's how people are finding out about you. And then Google does what? takes your top of the funnel traffic and it drags it down to the bottom of the funnel. They're symbiotic. They work together. So you weren't getting a break even on Facebook and then a 5X on Google. You were getting a blended ROI of whatever it was, three and a half X, which is still profitable. But when you go turn Facebook off, you kill everything. And there's no way, and this is what's crazy. There is no way, I'll say it again because I'm annoying. There's no way to track that. There's anybody who tells you, and I'm, I'm an investor in two attribution products, one of which I can announce publicly, which is Northbeam. Northbeam, I think, is one of the best attribution products for e-commerce platforms in existence. Um, they've done major rounds of funding. They have buku bucks in order to, to throw at this problem. 
Uh, but there's a, there's dozens of these little software applications out there. They're like, oh, Mark, yeah, analytics and attribution. We'll tell you where purchases are coming from. Poor shit. How? How are you going to tell me where a click comes from? or if, How are you going to tell me when somebody watches a video if you don't know? How do you know somebody watched my YouTube video? You don't own YouTube, nor use YouTube telling you. So what they do is called modeling. They model it based off of the number of clicks. They assume, well, if you're getting 10 clicks from YouTube, generally speaking, every click takes 100 views. So we're going to say that you're getting 1,000 views. That's just, it's, I, I lick my finger and put it in the wind and I can tell you roughly speaking where the wind is blowing, but that's not analytics. That's not attribution. That's not data. So when you're working with a media agency, there's so much that's open to interpretation and you have to really trust the agency and you have to be open to the, the idea, the concept, the thesis, the ethos that the agency is at best guessing, which is crazy. You're going to give me your money and then... I'm going to guess. And guess what, Norm? Usually guess wrong, right? Like I usually, it's like sailing a boat. It's like, oh, overcorrected. We got to go back. Oh, overcorrected. We got to go back. And, and that is repellent to most people because they think it's digital. You should show me. I put a dollar in. I got $5 out. That's never the case. It's never true. And I am shocked. I can't tell you how many times I get a client or a prospect on the hook and they come in and they're like, oh, we're getting, you know, we're getting, I hate ROAS, by the way. I think it's such a horseshit metric. But they'll come in and say, we're getting 900% ROAS, which in theory would mean you put a dollar in and you get $9 out, right? That's 900%. That's what they think. That's what they think is happening. We're getting a 900% ROAS because that's what Google tells me. That's what Facebook tells me. And then my question is, well, does your bank account reflect that? When you put a dollar into advertising, do you get, did you end up with $9 in your account? And it, well, number one, which is crazy, it's the first time anybody's ever asked them that question. Number two, when they go check, they're like, no, we're getting like $2 back. And when you consider the cost of goods, we're actually losing money. This is shocking. But nobody knows how to track. They don't know how to measure efficiency. And then they don't know things like what's the lifetime value of a customer? What's your what's the, the rate at which you can afford to acquire a new customer without burning through your cash flow? Because just, you know, my not lifetime value of a customer is about $25,000. My cost to acquire a customer is $2,500. And you think to yourself, well, I'll do that all day, every day. But I have a 14-month retention. And so for a small business, am I going to make my $2,500 back fast enough to continue to feed the marketing machine before I run out of cash? Because as important as the LTV to, to acquisition ratio is my cash flow numbers. And so if I can't bridge that gap properly, it doesn't matter that I have an adequate ratio because I'm not going to have enough money in order to, to, to be in business to see the returns, which may be coming on the back end. So really simple numbers. There's a great software application out there. It's only for Shopify. I know the owners. Uh, I tried to give them, or I tried to con them into giving me equity and they didn't. Um, but shout out to Payam and Cyrus at uh, Buy the Numbers. There's a Shopify application called Buy the Numbers. And oh. you install this into your Shopify app. And if you're not using it, you should. And it will show you things like your cost to acquire a new customer, lifetime value of a customer, what you can afford to spend to get a new customer, how to increase your advertising in order to acquire these new customers. And, and it's all, here's the other thing too, and I'm not diminishing their app because their app is brilliant. It's basic math. Just know your numbers and put yourself in a position to be able to make these decisions in a logical way and then be ready to be wrong. And it's iterative. It's iterative. It's just failing forward. It's 90% failure and then building success off of the 10% that's left over. Fail to succeed. Fail to succeed. I like that. All right. So last question. And it's the buzz. It's all about AI. And what are some ways that you can implement it with either your ad strategy or just with your business? 
Yeah, dude, the thing about AI that's funny is AI is like Google Ads has been AI driven for at least three years. So everybody's like, oh my goodness, AI is coming to take over. No, it has already. It's here. It's been here. You've been using it. And now you have a UI that makes AI make sense and everybody's all up in arms. Um, I think that if you don't engage with chat GPT on a daily basis, you're wasting time. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you don't know where to do that, before you go to Google, I Google search 500 times a day. Before you go to Google or chat GPT, I did it this morning. I have a cold plunge and I keep my, I do my cold plunge every morning at 40 degrees, but then yeah. I only use it once in the morning. And so my question was, is it better for me to keep it at 40 degrees or for me to turn the cooler off and then just cool it back down the night before? What uses the least amount of power? I didn't get a good answer from Google. ChatGPT told me immediately. So from a marketing perspective, those questions happen all the time. And I think that you looking for guidance uh, is an absolute no-brainer. I'd, I'd caution anybody against creation. And that's where everybody goes. They're like, oh, you can create your ad copy. You can create your landing page. I, not yet. Not well. It'll happen to where it just pumps it out and it's perfect. But right now, if you rely on any of these AI-driven tools, ChatGPT, MidJourney, whatever, pick your poison. Um, I don't think they're go-to-market quality just yet. But I would start to use them as assistants. Mm -hmm. I think you, you have a brand new EA. It's $20 a month. Is ChatGPT 20 or is it 40? I forget. Uh, it's 20. Yeah, it's 20 bucks a month. And it can do, you know, number crunching, data distillation, research, answer questions. Like it's an unbelievable assistant. I'd start there. Start there. And then what's nice too is you learn how to engage with AI because you don't engage with AI as though it's a software application because you treat software like it's stupid. Talk to AI like it's a person. Now that's creepy, but that's the way to do it. Talk to AI like it's a person and all of a sudden you're going to start getting answers out of it that just freak you out, but are unbelievably valuable. And for anybody who's listening, Perry Belcher, who's my business partner in Driven, he puts on an event. It's once every month or once every couple of months. It's the AI Bot Summit and he teaches people how to use AI software. It's not expensive. It's like 500 bucks to go. And if you're interested in AI, that's the place to go. You right. hook yourself up to like just a, a waterfall of information and nobody knows AI better than Perry. I remember Perry doing a keynote on AI traffic and conversion in 2019, and he was using it. It wasn't speculative. Look what's you know going to happen someday. It, he was at the time using AI for his content creation agency. I've never seen a human in the world skate to where the puck is going more effectively and consistently than Perry Belcher. Did you just do that because I'm Canadian? No. What? What? <laughs> Oh, skate towards skate the, the puck. puck. Yeah, y'all like puck. hockey, don't you? <laughs> we do, we do. Yeah. yeah. That's so funny. Dude, I've got, I've so, uh, my employees, I've got 100 employees at Solutions A, and on our about page, we turn everybody into a superhero. So they all have an avatar, like, you know, somebody's Batman, I'm Iron Man, Wolverine, whatever. And one of my Canadian employees, we just revealed his avatar, and you get to choose who your superhero is. And he's a hockey player. And I'm like, Colby, you realize that hockey players are not superheroes. And he goes, oh, no, in Canada, they are. They I'm are. Like, All right, man. That's good to know. I had no it, idea. Was, it was either that or a big old donut, you know. Yeah. Well, I figure like too. a maple leaf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Perry, if and we'll put this information into the uh, the show notes as well. But uh, this, I believe this one in September is on the 20th, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I think we'll put that information in. Yeah. yeah. 
But uh, okay, I think that's about it. Man, we've gone 60 minutes. It felt like 30. I wish you could be a, you know, I wish we could do a second podcast. I mean, this was just, you're so easy to talk to. So stop it. Go on. <laughs> all right. So what we do at this point is first of all, any contact information, how can people get in contact with your company? Anything that you want to uh, let people know? Yeah. If you want help running Google ads, which after this podcast, why would you? Cause I did a horrible <laughs> job selling it, but I own the best Google ads or I owned, I sold it in October, but I'm still the CEO. So I am affiliated with the best Google Ads agency in the world. We're called Solutions8. It's sol8.com. Uh, I shoot a YouTube video every single day. You can go to YouTube and look up Solutions8. Uh, I'm the co-host of the Perpetual Traffic Podcast, which is one of the top marketing podcasts in the world. So just go wherever you listen to podcasts, go look up Perpetual Traffic. Um, and then I'm the co-founder of the Driven Mastermind, which I think is the best marketing mastermind in the world. So if you want to join a mastermind, if you're looking for a home, it's 25 grand for the year. We're capping membership at 100 people. I think there's less than 20 slots left. Uh, and we're pretty selective, as you can imagine, uh, especially given the cap. And so uh, if you want to apply, you can go to drivenmastermind.com. And other than that, I appreciate you having me on, Norm. It's been a pleasure. And by the way, when you join, you get an axe. You and get an axe. What's What better? Yeah, we're the only mastermind giving away axes, <laughs> which may be short-sighted. Yeah, very. <laughs> All right. So let's go to a sponsor. We'll come back. We'll do the Wheel of Kelsey. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Rebade. Attention sellers and brand owners want to reach more shoppers and boost sales. Rebade's platform connects sellers with shoppers seeking great deals on new products. They make it easy to offer promotions, handle rebates, and ensure seamless redemptions. With countless reviews from satisfied customers, Rebate is the go-to solution to increase your sales. Visit Rebate.com today and start reaching more shoppers. Now let's get back to the show. All right, so we are back. This is going to be a little bit different. Usually uh, we spin the wheel. Kelsey, how do you want to handle this? All right, so I'm going to be watching this episode live along with the Beardos watching. So uh, we can play the music and then uh, the live. We'll come back will... and clap. Yeah, Woo. exactly. The live Kelsey will let the audience know who the winner is. And uh, yeah, let's go to the Wheel of Kelsey. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. Congratulations. That was that was awesome. <laughs> Can't believe the winner's gonna get this great package. But uh anyways, that's it for today. Kasim, thank you so much for coming on. Uh it was it was great meeting you a couple of weeks ago. Even better talking to you today. Uh so yeah, it's it's been great. And hopefully we catch up again. Yeah, appreciate you, Norm. All right. So that's it for today's uh, podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed today's show, uh, all the nuggets. I know we kind of went down a few different rabbit holes, but uh, anyways, thanks for listening. Uh, this is a pre-record, so join us uh, for the lives every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, uh, Eastern time. And also, I say this at the end of every podcast, we couldn't do this 
uh, without you and without the community. If you're not part of the community, go over to our Facebook group and that's Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA collective. All right, until next time, we will see you later. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here. Lunch with Norm. Lunch with Norm. Lunch with Norm.